the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Pastor John Allworth. behaviors and addictions are rampant in our society. People are in bondage to alcohol, drugs, pornography, codependent relationships, and more. If you or a loved one is stuck in the cycle of shame, guilt, and continued destructive behavior, keep listening. Recovery Radio Houston with Pastor John Allworth and Tony D starts now. They'll take your calls and share how the healing power of a personal relationship with Christ saved them and can do the same for you or your loved ones. God wants you to walk into the light. Recovery Radio Houston is live. Good afternoon, Southeast Texas. It's another scorcher out there. This is Pastor John Allworth coming to you from Recovery Radio Houston. Tony B. is out this week. He's in Florida. We wish him well. We're praying for a safe return. He's visiting family, doing something that he needs to take care of. But I'm here with two amazing men from the Open Door Mission, Philip Vaughn and Bob Rohrbach. Uh, You know, we're going to hear today their amazing stories of recovery and triumph. They are both overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. We're going to go through their amazing stories. I mean, buckle up, folks, because you're going to hear a lot today. You're going to hear about the power of a relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, as we just heard Marcia say. We're going to hear how the Son set them free, and we're going to hear about the incredible holistic, complete programs that are going on at the Open Door Mission that are transforming men's lives. You know, guys, uh, welcome to the show, by the way. Thank, thank you, you very much. Well, it's great to have you guys here. We we thank you for being here, and it's uh, it's just wonderful to have you. I had lunch with these guys and a couple other people from the Open Door Mission uh week before last, and, you know, it's a really family environment over there. And we talked a lot about how this show is about hope. This show is about the hope that Jesus Christ offers to the lost, to the brokenhearted, specifically to those that are under the bondage of addiction. Because God wants you to know that no matter where you've been, no matter where you find yourself now today, I don't care if you're under a bridge, you think you've done things that, that he can't forgive you. That's, that's a lie from the pit of hell. God will forgive you. He will use you. He loves you. And, you know, the truth of the matter is, guys, kind of the more stuff that you've done in your life and the the more problems that you have when, when you turn your life over to Christ and he transformed you, the greater your testimony is. I mean, it's really wonderful. God uses everything. So, uh, you know, and you may be out there and, and you may not have a problem with addiction or a stronghold of certain kind, but I bet you any, everybody that can hear my voice knows somebody that's in that predicament, a family member, uh, somebody that uh, uh, they work with, somebody that 
that they know, that they love, and, and you know, this show is about hope. And, and the Open Door Mission is, is, is a place that offers hope. So we've partnered with them on Recovery Radio Houston, and we're so proud to be associated with them. I'm going to tell you a little bit more in a second about the amazing work they do, and then we're going we're gonna, to uh, interview these guys and hear their stories and then talk about what the mission did for them and, and talk about what they're doing today. But let's open in prayer. Father, we come to you today in gratitude, Father. We come to you in gratitude for the lives and the hearts that you are changing out there. You are still in the miracle business and the recovery community. We see it every day. We see you touch hearts and lives. Father, on the the day after the anniversary of 9-11, we pray for for all the people that have been the victims of of, and their families of terroristic attacks. Uh, With the pandemic in our nation, we pray for people that are suffering and their families. We pray that you're the great physician. We pray for healing. We pray that your church turns to you fervently in prayer and that you heal our land. Father, we pray for, we've got discord in our land. We pray for unity, one nation under God. Uh, And we pray for all the people that are under the bondage of addiction out there, that, that they have a heart and a mind to come to you because you are the true vaccine that can transform their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so we can take calls this afternoon at 800-808-5548. That number is 800-808-5548. You can call us to talk to Bob or to Philip. You can call us with questions about Jesus. You can call us about the power of a personal relationship with him, maybe something you've experienced, you want to share your victory, or you can call us for prayer. You can call us with with questions if you need help. That's what this show is about, is to show the people out there that there are resources, free resources, in the faith-based community that can help people. You don't have to have insurance. You don't have to have a bunch of money to get help. A place like the Open Door Mission is open to all. So if someone you care about is suffering under the bondage of addiction or you find yourself suffering, join us on a, on a journey of spiritual awakening. Again, the number is 800-808-5548. So before we get into the interview, guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell people a little bit about the Open Door Mission, just right. kind of summarize, because that's where we're going to end up. Because these two stories are stories, we're going to tear all their problems, because that's part of their testimony. But these are really stories of triumph, and the Open Door Mission was a critical part of, of that triumph. The Open Door Mission has been in existence, I don't know, for 75 years, something along the The actual building has been around since 1904. 1904. Is when it was the old Fullerton Elementary School. Okay. And uh, the Fullerton Elementary School was, you know, the Howard Hughes went there. Uh, cool. It's been, a, it's been a mission since the 50s, and it was uh, downtown, and then we moved to, it was gifted to us uh, in the 50s, and we moved it to where the location that it is right now. So it's and, been it's been helping people, homeless people primarily, and addicted people yes, since the fifties. Many years. Yeah, you know Tommy Thompson is the CEO over there, and he's a dear friend and a wonderful warrior in the kingdom of God, and, and he's the CEO over there. I know he's been over there about a decade, and I think since Tommy's been there, it has become the most unique, complete program of its kind, perhaps in the United States. I mean, it is just wonderful. What what they do over there, folks, is they take in men that are homeless or that are suffering under the bondage of addiction or that are suffering from mental issues. And those three things tend to go together uh, at the end of the addiction road. And they transform lives through a holistic program that utilizes every tool in the, in the recovery toolbox. Because here at, at Recovery Radio Houston, we're faith-based, but we also believe in secular recovery. We believe in cognitive recovery. We believe in the 12 steps. And then we believe in taking that bridge over to where you have a supernatural, supercharged recovery through a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
But, the, you know, the mission is unique because they don't just treat addiction. You know, you go to these insurance programs, these paid places, you go into a 28-day program, which is not long enough but by any, any stretch not of the imagine. at all. And, and, you know, they won't approve any more than that because they're not very smart. And, and the, the paid places, they love it because, you know, they can get people back in. And it's not their fault. They're trying to help people. I don't mean to talk bad about them. But, but the, the difference in the mission is because they'd keep people in longer if they could. It's the insurance companies probably the problem. But uh, the, the, they, ish, they address every, all the man's needs. I mean, they, they take everything from medical to dental to education, getting a GED if, if people don't have it, uh, having job training, how to write a resume, how to use computers. I mean, if you've been living on the streets, you don't know how to use a computer. You know, uh, all these things, legal. I've helped with some men over there with a I'm, – I'm a lawyer in my spare time. I've helped some people with some legal issues over there. But most importantly, establishing a true relationship with Jesus Christ. They do they do twelve step programs, cognitive uh, recovery through the smart recovery, everything. But every, every day starts at six a.m. or uh, depending on the schedule. But it starts in the morning uh, in, in chapel and 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 worshiping our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because that's when things change. And you know what's so cool is because of this COVID, the open door mission, just like all aspects of society, has been affected. And for a while, y'all were on a shutdown. Yeah, so- Yes. And I say y'all because these guys are graduates, but they're part of the family. And Philip is still working there. Always there. will be. Always yes. will be. That, that's one of the things that struck me about lunch the other day with you guys is is one of the guys had come in for something that really wasn't related to addiction, but he was family. So right. it was a health problem, and, and the mission took him in. And, you know, the guy's just with a heart for Jesus Christ and doing the Lord's work. So anyway, the point is is they're now taking people in. It's not the normal um, entry process you have to call 832-962-4249 that's 832-962-4249 to get enrolled at the open mission they'll give you some instructions uh, you know people tell me guys that i can't go to a seven-month program i can't you know we can spend decades in addiction just running trend our lives down seven months is nothing to get your life back to get a relationship with with jesus christ to to secure your salvation to become a tax-paying citizen get a good job you know to, to get off get out of the slavery of addiction it's nothing so you know if you're if you know somebody out there and they don't have insurance they don't have money or even if they've got it this is the best program in town it's at 832-962-4249. One more time, we're going to start the interview. If you want to join the program, you can call us at 800-808-5548. That's 800-808-5548. All right. Well, Philip, you've been on before, so let's start with Bob. Because uh, one, one last thing. Uh, the three of us sitting here, Philip, Bob, and myself, w- we have a couple things in common. One, we're in recovery. Praise the Lord. Yes. Two, we have uh, salvation. We have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's wonderful. But three, we all had what's incredible, guys, is, you know, a lot of people see addicts as, why these people, why, how do they do this? They just go straight from never fit into society. They end up in their 20s addicted and, and homeless or having problems, uh, committing crimes. The three of us had incredibly successful careers yes. for decades before finally addiction caught up with us. And there are a lot of people out there that think they're functioning addicts, functioning alcoholics, functioning whatever. And But the truth matter is, folks, it is a progressive disease, and it will catch up with you. And it's better to, you know, unfortunately, we tend to be stubborn and hard-headed and type A personalities, but it's better to address it before you hit bottom 
than not. And I can, you know, that that's if I could give no other advice to somebody that's struggling, do it now, do it now. So, Bob, tell tell us about you. Where where where'd you grow up? New York, Garden City, New York. On Long Island? Well, you got to Texas as quick as you could, huh? Well, I did. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good job. At least in 1980, I did. (laughs) Okay. Well, you had an interesting, you know, you've got something else in common with me, and I think Philip does too, now that I recall. Um, My mom was an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. And my great, my, uh, she died at, at 61 of liver failure. Her father died at 62 of liver failure. And my dad's father died at, at, at 62 of alcohol related complications. So it is definitely genetic. Anybody that tells you that it's not is wrong. You can look at the Harvard medical school articles on that have proven that it's genetic, but in any event, so you had people that were struggling with alcohol in your family. I did. My mom was an alcoholic. My sister was, my older sister was an alcoholic. Um, and that was, you know, believe me, that was, uh, all we needed. (laughs) And they were, so, but you committed to, to to Jesus early on before this road to addiction, didn't you? I, I did. Uh, my junior year of driving out to uh, Pennsylvania, for, and I went to school at Dayton, and we had a soccer program. We did a camp, and after the camp, I drove out to Pennsylvania, uh, and I, I was pulling up next to a tractor trailer, um, 60 miles an hour, and I, you know, rode 80 out in western Pennsylvania, and I skidded under the truck. Wow. And I skid. I saw my life go in front of me, and uh, I just was doing three sixties. Ended up in the middle of the road and pulled over. And I said, "God, I, I, I was, you know, I was, I was shaking." I said, "Every time I score a goal, I'm pointing up to sky." And that year, I scored thirty-one times, and I pointed up to sky. I led the nation in, in scoring. So you were a two-time All-American at the University of Dayton. I was soccer. So you'd given your life to Christ because, you know, Christians are not immune from, from addiction. The enemy is out there like a roaring lion. No matter, even when we commit to Christ, we have to stay, stay devoted to his word and to, to our relationship with him. So number, the, led the nation, pointing up in the sky. I love that part of it. Yeah. yeah. Every, every time, 31 goals. Every time I scored a goal, I it, it, pointed my fingers up to the sky. Wow. And so what happened to you in, in 1977? 1977, I was uh, drafted number one draft choice for the New York Cosmos. And uh, a real quick story on that. My hero was Pele. And two years before that, I had my knee operated on, the same doctor that Pele used. And I was in the office, and the doctor said, you know, you just just missed. And I said, who's that? He said, Pele. He said, well, if you work hard, you may get to play with him. Well, two years later, I'm playing with Pele. Wow. We had a testimonial dinner, and the doctor, he was doctor. <laughs> he was uh, he was at the dinner. I said, "Hey, doc." I said, "You remember me?" I said, How "You gave you operated on my knee two years ago, and here I am with Pele." And he says, "Wow, praise the Lord!" But, well, yeah. So anyway, we're going to turn to Philip for a second, okay. but I do want to ask you, um, number one draft pick. That's that's in the professional soccer league, folks. We're not talking about you know some minor league deal. New York Cosmos, best player in the country in 1977. But at, at that point, had you tried alcohol or drugs? No, not really. I mean, yeah, I, I had beers once in a while, but uh, mm-hmm. and I and, and I smoked. I smoked marijuana once in a while, but nothing. You know, I was you you pretty, hadn't you hadn't succumbed no, yet. No, yeah. I was I was pretty yeah. Dedicated. He's cunning and baffling, and he'll get you. So, mm-hmm. Philip, let's talk about your childhood a little bit. Uh, where'd you grow up? I grew up in South Florida. I was born and raised in uh, Fort Lauderdale, uh, Hollywood, West Palm Beach area. Graduated high school in Pompano Beach, Florida. Um, you know, grew up uh, playing in a lot of bands down there in the bars and, you know, had a great time. And 
You know, it was. It's funny what you were talking about in regards to the genetics, because you know the same thing. I'm the youngest of seven children. Seven of, kids. My I, sister has seven kids. Out of seven kids, um, every one of us had addiction problems or wow. alcohol problems, and four of us have are deceased already. My wow. father was an alcoholic as well, and uh, you know it's it definitely ran rampant through our family and it, part of my lifestyle as well. Uh, Fortunately for me, I was able to establish a career and kind of keep it at bay for quite some time until it finally took over, and that was probably about 15, 16 years ago. Let's 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 back up a little bit, though. You know, um, some of us we just can't drink. You know, we 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 just can't. We have. I'm not saying that certain people can't have a glass of wine with dinner occasionally. Uh, maybe two, you know, but some of us, we just have this genetic predisposition. We may not realize it early at first. It just seems like fun, you know, uh, but eventually it's going to catch up with us. And clearly you had it in your family with what's going on. I had it in my family. My sister amazingly did not. I think she un- understood the issue and uh, sort of got counseling early on uh, through some deals. And uh, maybe she doesn't want me saying that, but anyway, sorry. Sis. No, but, just, uh, I was yeah. just thinking about, you know, it's, it's not normal for somebody to drink a fifth of booze before they go out. Yeah, I hear you. And, you know, that's what I knew that I was... Uh, so when did you start drinking? You know, I started drinking probably... I, I think my first actual drink was, uh, you know, on a fishing bank in the Everglades with my father when I was about eight or nine. You know, I'm sure he'd take the shot of whiskey, but don't tell your mother. You know, yeah. that kind of thing. Right. But I think starting to drink on a fairly normal basis, high school, probably 16... Experim- 15, experimenting with it, yeah. Where you're drinking, you know, with your buddies. and. Well, I have a note story. here that you had. Maybe you said this, but your, your nephew, your niece, a sister, and three brothers died from either alcohol or drug addiction. All of them, yes. Wow, that's amazing. You know, that's so sad, folks, because the three of us were on that road. I mean, without without any question about it, because it will kill you. The wages of sin are death, and, and uh, as the Bible says, and as Jesus says. Uh, but in, in any event, we were on that road, but folks... That's why we're doing this radio show. You don't have to live that way. You don't nope. have to go down that road. It's it's not easy. It's hard. Take some hard work at first. But there are people out there that'll help you. That's why we've got our open door mission on today, because that's a place that no matter what, if you don't have money, you don't have resources, you can go there and you can transform your life. You know, it's it's just so we want to shout that from the mountaintops because God's been so good to us uh, to overcome this. That that you know, it, and and you know, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I mean, the freedom is just incredible. It's so remarkable. So, Bob, you had a professional soccer career. You're in nineteen seventy seven. You're playing with your hero, Pele. So, what happened with, to the soccer gig? Uh, well, I played a couple of cities. I went to Denver, and then when the when the team got sold to Atlanta, I did not want to go there. So, I traded to Detroit, Phillips' uh, hometown, more or less. And uh, uh, after after the next, uh, I guess the following year, I had an accident in a game. I got headed in my temple, and I was knocked out and woke up 100 hours later in the hospital. Wow. And that, lucky to be alive. What kind of collision did you have? Well, he, the defender hit me in the, my temple. I was exposed because I had gone up to head a ball and, and beaten him to it, so he headed me with the hard part of his forehead. Ouch. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so, you know. 100 hours. 100 hours coming. later, I woke up. Uh, my I'm curious, wife, do you, did you, in that hundred hours, any recollection of any of that or, you know, towards or? the end, I must have it because I, I could sense players around me. They were holding my hand, squeezing my hand and I, I sensed them around me, but no, I wasn't, uh, you know, you I wasn't cognitive. cognitive. Yeah. Of, yeah. yeah. 
of their presence. But so you went back to school. I finished my because I had left. Uh, I think I had about twenty-two hours ago with to get my accounting degree when I was drafted, and I didn't want to pass that up. So I finished it the following year at the University of Houston, and then flew back up to Dayton and took the last two accounting courses at, at Dayton. So what did you do when you got out of college? Well, then I came back down here. I tried to get into the oil field, and uh, unfortunately, in the eighties, the early eighties, the oil was uh, eight dollars a barrel. And, I remember. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah, and uh, so. And everywhere I went, they were telling me that, hey, <laughs> you know, you need to have experience. We're not going to hire unless you have experience. And so my answer to that was, hey, if, how can I, you know, if I don't get, how can I get experience if I don't get hired? So at that point, I decided that I was going to start a company with a, a buddy of mine who I played soccer with. Uh, he had a freight forwarder, and I was going to do the purchasing. And I had a couple clients already. Uh, so that was, you know, that's, I started. And, that's a brave thing to do, and, and mm. we're going to get into your career. But right yeah. now we've got a we've got a call on line one. We've got uh, okay. Uh, we're trying to get them set up to to join the program, and they'll be joining in a minute. But in, in any event, so you started your own company right out of college. Or, or what kind of company did you start? Well, it's an all field purchasing company. All field, I call it all field supply company, and uh, we purchased uh, drilling equipment. Um, I flew around the world. My my wife was a flight attendant, so I got discount airfare. So it was easy for me to fly around, and, and just I went over and, and to be there uh, to actually have presence and, and be with somebody overseas. They like that. So I, I basically sold the company what I did and uh, got 25-plus customers doing that over the course of about six or seven years. I suspect maybe you used your international soccer connections for well, some of that? Well, I, I was always okay with my teammates, so, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I just transferred that to the business world. So you ended up building a huge company with offices in four different foreign countries. Well, I, I had one in Singapore, I had one in Abu Dhabi, I had one in Moscow, and I had one in Aberdeen, Scotland. So, so I don't care where you're at right now, if you've got a problem with addiction... You know, we're going to get back. We'll follow yeah. that that line in just a minute. But you can be incredibly successful, and it can all come crashing down. So, Philip, what did you do when you got? Where'd you go to school? I went to school in South Florida and entered my career. I had a, I built my media, advertising, marketing business in the Detroit area, and uh, I had a, a large location there. And my largest client was Ford Motor Company. Did a lot of work with a lot of the big advertising agencies in town. Um, been around the you know communications and advertising industry for many many years, and uh, it was part of my job was entertaining people. Ah, so it, danger, you know, absolutely. It, it contributed a lot to to the progression of my disease and taking me further away from from God and from anything else. You know, that's the key. money and success and career became higher power. Yeah, you, man cannot serve both money and and, and the Lord, and so you. But you built a huge company too. Yes, absolutely. Before, before the bondage of addiction got you, we got a call on line one. We've got John. Uh, it's a great name, John. Uh, <laughs> how can we help you today? Welcome to the program. Uh, can y'all hear me? I can hear you. Yes, sir. Okay, uh, I just had a question for Mister Warbach. Uh, I I heard him talk about the uh, concussion, and I am a counselor in the field. And I uh, am very aware of the the direction in the Bible about don't use you know don't don't get drunk. It says that many 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 times in the Bible since we're in a Christian community here. Amen. But uh, in the process of getting the disease, the genetic predisposition you mentioned 
but uh, being that this is a neurologically uh, caused issue that leads to aberrant behavior and spirituality, et cetera, does he think that the um, the I have two questions. One, does he think that the uh, the brain injury that he suffered might have played a part in him acquiring the disease, or did it have a part in maybe making it difficult in his road to recovery? Great questions. Okay, so to answer the first question, um, I, you know, I hate to use that as an excuse that, uh, yeah, my, my concussion and what have you, but I, I'm pretty sure that that, was, that had a lot to do with it. Um, I wasn't supposed to drink. Um, even after that, the uh, doctor said, or the neurosurgeon told me that, you know, if you ever get hit there again, I'm not sure you'll even get, you'll wake back up again. Um, so it's like, you know, you, you're, um, your, you know, your, your brain waves have to get reset. And, and I don't think they ever were properly. And when I drank, that was, you know, that was the start of, uh, the, the wrong road. Those are great questions, John, because, uh, you know, concussions are brain injuries and somebody that's knocked out for a hundred hours suffers a severe brain injury. So, uh, no question when we've got that genetic predisposition, we don't need any any more problems like that to to make things more difficult. Yeah, and let me let me finish real quick. Sure, I, sure. I had I had uh, five concussions in my in between wow. the college and my pro, and then the and then the coma. So you know, I I qualified for uh, the NFL. Um, I was going to say protocol. <laughs> and if I if we had one more year, we'd have been under the NFL Players Association contract. So I lost out on that. But yeah, no, it was. Yeah, I thought soccer was supposed to be a nonviolent sport. Well, wow, yeah, they say. <laughs> yeah, you must have. Of course, you you, uh, you were all in, zealous, and, and well. you must have played with the band. John, thank you for joining the program. And it's wonderful. Thank you, guys. Are, are, are God you bless y'all. Let me ask you something. Are you a counselor in in the realm of uh, recovery? Yeah, I've been doing it for about forty five years. I work with an organization called Lifeway. We want run alternative peer group programs and have worked in the Houston area. Uh, way, way back in the 70s with Palmer Drug Abuse Program, and have run Lifeway for since 1985. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, I uh, would like to look you up at, later, and maybe we can have you on the program and, and talk about uh, w- what y'all do. So uh, Anytime. Anytime. Uh, anything I can do to help. Okay. But uh, God bless y'all. Okay. God bless you, brother. Thanks, Thanks for calling in. It's good to- talking Love to you. Love you guys. Bye-bye. All right. So... Uh, Philip, you were running a, a, a big company in uh, Michigan, and your job, part of your job was to entertain the, the clients. Oh, of course. That was part of the deal. I bet you did that with gusto, my friend. I was really good at it. Yeah. <laughs> too, 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 too good. So how yeah. long did, did that last? Oh, I had my company for over 10 years and uh, consulting business after that as well. But, you know, the the days that... The progression of the disease, you know, it's one thing to to be in a nice restaurant with a pile of clients and, you know, wearing a suit and drinking a martini. And somehow, some way, that turns into isolating in your home, drinking straight out of a bottle for hours and days and weeks at a time. Addiction leads to isolation, and the worst part of that isolation is you're isolated from God. From God, you're you're separated from God, and that that is absolutely the worst worst part of the equation. So, but uh, you know, I've also heard it said that when you're isolated, you get very bad advice (laughs) because the only person you're listening to is yourself, of course. So, uh, you ended up uh, recognizing this at some point and and trying to get some help. Yeah, my I entered my first treatment facility. When I was 40 years old and, uh, you know, it was 
talking about the treatment facilities earlier that you were alluding to that were 28 days, two weeks, 30 days. I did five of those. Five. Yes, and uh, five times. Which which is another thing, and I think that's really important, and we're about to go go to break, and then we're going to get back to, to Bob and, and how he started his addiction. But I, I just wanted to seize on that because, you know, my mom, we had her in, I'm, I'm not sure, seven or eight treatment facilities, and I know another brother that helped me when, when I was in pro- having problems that had gone to eight. Uh, it's never too late, you know. I mean, hopefully we get it the first time, but but that doesn't always happen. Sure. And 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 so there's always hope, um, and 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 don't give up. And that's one thing I like about the mission, open door mission, with the faith based programs generally that are longer term because that gives you enough time to get your mind clear to really be, and then to get built up by being around brothers and sisters, brothers in Christ who who can build you up in fellowship, and you get a chance to see success stories you know there are people that go to the 28 day programs and they make it but you you got to stay involved in the recovery community you know uh there's a saying in in recovery that without god i can't we need god of course but without me god won't i mean he he wants to see he wants you to be all in he's all in with you he wants you to be all in 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 too not in recovery and 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 with uh with him and that's really the key to to long-term success so, um, Bob, we're going to get back to you when we come back from the break. Okay. Uh, we're about to have a three-minute break. I want to talk about a couple things. If you miss this program or you've missed some of our prior programs and you're interested, you can you can download our podcast or you can subscribe to our podcast. You can go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or you can go to KKHT. That's KKHT.com. And you can uh, go to the podcast portion, the programs, and then the down to the podcast portion and you can see any they're all described uh you can see we've had tommy thompson on a couple of times this is philip's second time we've had people who help people out of prison you know we had our first uh live because of covid we had our first live meeting at 901 wilson road of our recovery ministry covenant recovery ministries and we had a wonderful time we had some people come in from, uh, that had been in prison, that were there, that were uh, praising the Lord and, and getting on the right path. So uh, we're there every Friday. I'll talk a little bit more about that on the other side. So uh, stay tuned with Recovery Radio Houston. We'll be back with more of the interview with these amazing gentlemen, Philip Vaughn and Bob Ro- Robark, and, and uh, we'll be right back. You're with Recovery Radio Houston. This is Pastor John Allworth. I've got two guests, Philip Vaughn and Bob Rohrbach. Am I saying your name right? Rohrbach, yes. Yeah, thank you, Bob. Uh, they're just amazing gentlemen. Uh, they're, they're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And, you know, none of us can do it alone. That's part of the problem with addiction. We tend to be uh, people that, you know, want to take charge. We're told in this society all our lives, solve your problems, you know, uh, suck it up, you know, come on. Uh, but, you know, addiction is a disease, and, and it takes a community. And the re- one of the reasons we're doing this radio show is to provide resources to people out there to let people know that you don't have to necessarily have insurance. You don't have to have any money. There are people, I'm just amazed, there are people helping people coming out of prison. There are people in the recovery community, both for women and men, uh, that you can go through faith-based programs that will really transform your lives. And we've partnered on this show with with uh, 
the Open Door Mission, because it's one of the most amazing programs that I've ever come across. Uh, it's right here in Houston. It's an amazing seven-month program. It takes people, you know, and they just love people, and they love on them. They show them the love of Christ. Uh, it, they bring them in, and, it, you know, n- normally they're dealing with folks that are homeless, uh, that are addicted or and or have mental problems. But as Tommy Thompson, the wonderful CEO over there, told me, you know, if you're kicked out, your wife kicks you out of your house, uh, you're homeless. You know, you don't have a place to go. Philip, I think you told me you were effectively homeless once when when you owned two houses. Yes, so, I, mean, I mean, there's all <laughs> when we, we find ourselves and wasn't welcome in either one. Yeah, we find ourselves in strange circumstances, uh, the crazy road of addiction. So this open door mission, I, I'm telling you, folks, it's a family community over there. They handle medical problems, dental problems, provide education, teach people how to do, uh, make resumes, give them job training skills, get their GED if they don't have it, legal problems, and most importantly, their number one principle is that Jesus saves. Uh, people come out of there with a, a relationship with Jesus Christ, but they also extra, use all the tools in the recovery box, uh, cognitive programs like Smart Recovery and the 12-step program that we in the recovery community are all familiar with. But they all lead to one thing, and that is a, a relationship with Jesus Christ because he is the great physician. He is the great healer. He is the great deliverer in whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So it, it let's uh, we're going back and forth between Philip and Bob. You know, we've got some things in common. The three of us, uh, their addiction runs in our family. We all had successful careers before we succumbed to the bondage of addiction, and we've all been set free. And we're all now trying to help other people and spread the word that you don't have to live like that. You don't have to live in bondage. So, Bob, what we had talked about, I'm going to summarize each of you as I go to you, because some people may just be tuning in. By the way, if you want to join the program, you can call us at 800-808-5548. That's 800-808-5548. Uh, we'll be happy to pray for you. You don't have to, if you don't want to say your name, you can come on anonymously, give us a different name. Uh, you know, we're not here to, to call anybody out. We're here to pray for people and to help people. Uh, you can tell us your stories of victories or ask for help or what, whatever uh, is on your mind or your heart. Please call us at 800-808-5548. So, Bob, uh, you grew up, had some addiction in your family, but early on that wasn't an issue with you, just uh, kind of normal drinking and, and maybe a little experimenting with marijuana. You were a two-time All-American, number one, led the nation in scoring in soccer, number one draft pick by the New York Cosmos in 1977, got knocked out in 1980 in a coma for 100 hours, and then uh, when you came out of that, praise the Lord, you started a company, an international oil field supply company, had offices in four different countries, so you're rocking along. Uh, now, are you involved in the church during this time period? I was involved in the church. I uh, did a lot of stewardship. I was a, I was a, um, an usher, and I was you know on Sundays at church. I also was a, uh, I, I, they have the the sacrament uh, that they have where you you know it's twenty four hours. The people and I used to stay. I used to babysit, not babysit, but I would stay there um, for an hour a week uh, from two o'clock to three o'clock in the morning on Tuesdays. Um, so I was, I was active in the church. Um, and I was in a Bible study, uh, with, uh, actually one of the old Astros, uh, Craig, Craig Reynolds at, uh, the Ironman over at Second Baptist. Um, so yeah, I was, I was. So the point folks, one reason I asked him that question is, is that, uh, you know, Jesus will always forgive you, but, but we as Christians are not immune to to addiction, the enemy's oh. out there like a roaring lion. We're not we're not immune to it. So you got you got a divorce in 1999, mm-hmm. and what what changed after that? 
Um, you know, I, I, I worked, I just, I just went into my work so much more. Um, and even after nine eleven, right, two thousand one, nine eleven, um, I lost some big contracts, and my company kind of just started to go away. I mean, I lost. Uh, I had to file bankruptcy. Well, how uh, were you, how was your your addiction issue at that point? Um, you know, I I, I drank, not excessively, but I would drink. That's no problem. Once you drink, that sets off your other addictions and. Unfortunately, when, when, I, you know, looking back, of course, we don't realize it at the time. We think we have it under control. Looking back, when do you think you really began to have a problem uh, w- with addiction? I think I've always had I've always had a problem, um, you know, because I was predisposed and I was always easy. And I, I was I had a uh, moderation issue. So yeah. that was hard for me. And and, uh, you know, I had the uh, you know, I would celebrate and I would, you know, in other words, I, as far as my addiction, um, I would just. You know, I, I, it was easy for me to get high for any reason. Yeah. You know, I didn't need I didn't need any mm. particular reason. I need to be I didn't need to be down, depressed, or over you know jubilation. I just did it. Any reason at all? No. So, and and I assume it got worse and worse over time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. It's and we pro- sabotage our own success. Well, it's it's, it's a uh, it's a progressive disease. So, Philip, you. Uh, you you started your road. You realized you had help, and you started going into recovery centers. And uh, uh, after having a, a business for a successful business for how long? I had my own business for over ten years. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so, what what changed? How did you get to to how? Did, tell us a little bit about your road to the Open Door Mission. You know, it's interesting because you started this. Uh, you started the show was talking about how the show is about hope. Right. And for me, I had lost hope. Yeah, that happens. And sad. When I lost hope, I knew that I didn't want to live anymore. I didn't well, want to wake up and have to do the same routine all over. You know, I was shocked one day when my mom told me that. And that was one of the saddest days of my life, you know. That's, that's where this road leads. And that's why we want to tell people it doesn't have to be. Right. You can turn that around. Well, you know, that's the thing that is so remarkable about the Open Door Mission is that they are in the hope restoration business. Amen. And they're also restoring people's lives. It's not a 28-day, a two-week, a 30-day program. This is to absolutely transform a human being. I'm an ag- I was an agnostic my entire life. Wow. Prior to coming into Open Door Mission. I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Praise the Lord. And... It is now about, I'm fortunate enough to work at the Open Door now. I am the communications and marketing person there. I'm able to use what I had in my career. But now, you know, we were talking about it the other day, and you're talking about a family. This is not a job that you go to and you punch out. You know, this is, a, this is my life now. This is helping people, doing things, you know, being a part of that family and that organization will never go away. Yeah. That's because great. now it's 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 your life's mission. Right. You know, and you know, for me, you know, the mission statement, you know, be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything you do with love. If you'd Amen. have told me that was going to be my mission statement ten years ago, I would have never believed you. I love that you said that uh, do everything you do with love because, you know, we started a church in the Heights uh, in March. The timing wasn't that great right before COVID really hit. 
Uh, it's it's called New Covenant Church, Greater Heights, and we we're on we're a virtual church for the time being. We're we're going to get back into our building before too long, but uh, we're on every Sunday night at six, uh, uh, preaching the Word of God. Uh, you can go, find us by going to Facebook and going to New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. That's New Covenant Church, Greater Heights on Facebook. And the title of my sermon this tomorrow night is All You Need Is Love. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah. And I, I actually gave a little bit of a, a mini sermon of that at our addiction ministry, uh, recovery ministry, Covenant Recovery Ministries, which is at my parents. This is a, a New Covenant Church, Greater Heights is a church plant. Um, New Covenant Church, uh, been an assistant pastor there, is in Humble at 901 Wilson Road. So Friday at 7, if you want to fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ, you want to get fed. We have uh, group sessions where, where we really just lean on each other and help each other out. If you're struggling with addiction or you're struggling with a stronghold, maybe it's greed, maybe it's jealousy, maybe you can't forgive somebody. If you want to deepen your walk with the Lord and fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ, join us at 7 o'clock on Friday nights at 901 Wilson Road. And uh, join us tomorrow for our our Sunday worship at 6 p.m. on uh, New Covenant Church Greater Heights worship page on Facebook. So we'd love to have you. So I I really struck, Philip, by, by by the family atmosphere and what you just said, because you know, God's put that on my heart. I mean, it becomes uh, because, you know, we really can't turn that corner, I don't think, and really enjoy the fruits of the Spirit until we start helping other people. That's so when you get the joy. Service that's, to mankind. Yeah, that, that's when you feel free. You know, if, if I think about drinking now, I, I think about a hangover. That's what God's done for me. You know, if I think about smoking, because I used to be a tobacco addict too, smoking or dipping, I used to dip snuff. I, I, I think about the first time I did it when I got nauseous. I mean, I have no desire, you know. I know people struggle out there, but that's that's the supernatural part that that, that comes into play. And I, I just, you know, I, I know you're my brother, and I know that you have that on your heart too. And I know Tom Tommy does. Tommy's been in recovery for 37 years or right. he's got us trumped, man. But anyway, uh, you know, and I know that's that's his mission in life, his crusade. So that that's what you find is that love over at the Open Door Mission. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because Bob and I both are both graduates of this program. And, you know, Bob is around the mission as well. And new guys come in the door. The first thing and the first impressions they see once they get into the program are guys like Bob that are there saying, hey, can I help you out? What do you need? Welcome to the place. Graduates. You know, graduates still, and uh, that are that are helping these guys, keeping that, that service mindset going. That's and wonderful. Bob's a great example of that on our, on our campus, and it's just wonderful. Hey, you know, the Open Door Mission is taking new people in. For a while, y'all were shut down. Yes. Uh, under lockdown, like the you know the rest of society, but if you want to, if you know somebody that that could benefit from, you know, how, you know if you're if somebody's a mess out there, okay, it's going to transform your life. You're going to you know establish your salvation for eternity. You're going to become a productive citizen. You're going to be part of a family, and you're going to you know have a wonderful new life. Why wouldn't you do that? But it's hard. It really is hard. But you can call eight three two. Nine six two four two four nine, and get information about uh, admittance for you or for somebody that you love or somebody that you know that needs to transform their lives. So, Bob, uh, what you know, you you had this successful career and the drinking and addiction start you know ramped up and and things turned bad and um, so what led you to the open door? And by the way, you mentioned earlier that I, I can't remember if it was off air or on air. 
that you had gone to a rehab before in, in Arizona? Okay, so I was in a rehab in 1998 in Wickenburg, Arizona, and it was a 30-day program. Right. But unfortunately, you know, you can do that as many times as you want, but until you get into an aftercare program after that, you really, you know, it's 30 days of nothing but just, you know, it's 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 an artificial environment very much yeah you're yeah. in a cloud you know you're oh, yeah. eating yeah. great food and everybody's patting you on the back and and, 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 and they're it, trying to get you through the program so they're making sure you do your war your first step and what have you so it's it's really it's it's not uh you know it's not what it's all wrapped up to be yeah and and, and that's never going to work unless there's an effective aftercare program associated and i went as i told you before i went to washington dc with uh, uh, John Cates and Lifeway, who you spoke to him earlier, uh, and we were we were lobbying for uh, uh, aftercare. You know, in other words, aftercare. The insurance company's aftercare, and that was when Kay Bailey Hutchinson and Phil Graham were the senators, and so we lobbied with them. Yeah, there are people that do it. They they continue getting counseling with somebody like John Cates. They yeah. they they find a program or something that's got an aftercare, or they come to something like our ministry, which uh, was called Break Every Chain, which we're now calling Covenant Recovery Ministries. We've been there for five years. We've had hundreds of people come through. There is help out there. Every direction, if you just keep your eyes open, God's going to put people in your path to help you. But you know, you can you can kind of. You can get a big jump head start on all that by going to the Open Door Mission. So what led you to the mission? So I ask you a question on that, John. Um, I was pretty much, I had almost come to my wit's end. I mean, I yeah. I was missing something. Nothing, it wasn't, there was something missing out of my life, and, and it was my relationship with Jesus. You know, let, let me just capitalize on that, and then I'm going to come back to you. And I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I, that's so critical what you just said, because all my life before I came to Christ, I was chasing something. And whether it was in a bottle or however it was, and I never could quite catch it, you know. And in fact, it got more and more elusive the the deeper I got into it. And it never got filled. There's an emptiness that can only be filled, in my opinion, with a relationship with Jesus Christ. So go ahead, brother. Thank you for saying that. Oh, no, and the fact that I wasn't, you know, I wasn't myself. I wasn't, you know... God created me to be somebody different than what yes, I was did. being. And yeah. obviously, I had completely shut that down. Um, and I heard about the Open Door Mission. I, in 2017, I had my hip replaced, and I was in the respice, the uh, Harmony House respice, which is on the first floor of the uh, mission. Okay. And uh, it was something separate. It wasn't part of the mission. Which is another wonderful thing the mission does. Yeah, yeah. and it, yeah. Was, it was a seven, it, but, but the mission was a seven-month program, and I just wasn't ready to commit then. But I heard good things about it. I talked to people there. So when it came time to go do, to take that step, that leap of faith, I did just last February and uh, got in in the mission. And, you know, it's just, it's been nothing but, you know, all, all plus, all since. So when did you graduate? Graduated July 28th. Congratulations, yeah, brother. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. That's wonderful. But you're still you're still living at the mission and helping I'm out. I'm still there in transition. I help out in education. I, uh, you know, and plus I'm also looking for jobs too. Um, you know, right. Well, difficult time it, for that. But you'll well, it is. It is. Yeah, but you know, yeah. it's a good place to be. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I, I told my ex-wife we talked about it last March when I first got there. I could have still been at the recenter downtown because I was still paid up through the whole month of March. But I came early for whatever reason. I just I had it. And I came there, and if I hadn't come there, I never would have gotten into mission. Yeah, because of COVID. COVID because they shut it down. They, they God, locked down. The God had his hand on you, brother. Oh, he did. He did. Th- that is wonderful. So tell me, what's different now from when you went through that rehab center in Arizona? 
Oh, I well because that was just all you know. It was just I, you know, the it, it was the uh, 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 oh, shoot. Anyway, they they had it was a program that was done for like executives would take it. It was a high dollar program, right. and uh, you know they got re- they supposedly had results, but they really didn't. I mean, you know anybody that went through there, I guarantee probably ninety five percent of them reused the minute relapsed, you know they yeah. got out. Yeah, relapsed. Which is something so, right now. Relapse rates, folks, in this pandemic with people shut off, out of work, all these different things. Relapse rates are through the roof. Mm-hmm. They they really are. So. So when I got out of the meadows, like I said, you know, it's just I got out and I, I relapsed probably, you know, maybe a month after. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it didn't last very long. You know, this is in somewhat, I don't know, it's it's, it's sad, comic, comically sad. But my mom would go and she would meet people in these rehab centers and they'd end up drinking together over the phone because they'd be from all over the country, oh, you know. Goodness. You know, so they, they really they really don't do what the mission does. So what did the mission do for you, Bob? So the mission, what that did for me is it put, uh, you know, it put God in my life. It put him in the forefront. So then I realized what my priorities were because before, and I, as, as successful as I was sport-wise, as successful as I was in business, when I didn't put God first, when I didn't acknowledge him, when I started to take credit myself, he pulled it away. He yeah. started bringing it away. So, um, so what I've gotten at the mission is the fact that I've had a good faith-based uh, recovery. I've had uh, clinical, cognitive, all, all the different tools we had to work from. But more than anything, it was my relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah, because folks, you know, we can be mouthpieces and we're doing our best to do that. But we can't do anything. It's God that can change your heart. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's go back to you, Phil. You were agnostic coming into the mission? Yes. And and so what changed for you? I think that, uh, you know, walking into the, even onto the grounds is a very spiritual thing. When you walk out of the grounds, you feel that family and that love, and you feel that this is God's place. You feel it. Presence of the Lord. The presence is Palpable. There. And when I got there and I became open-minded because, again, I had lost hope at this point. I didn't even want to be in existence anymore. Wow. And I came there with an open mind. Yeah. And when I started hearing that we are all new creations in Christ. Amen. Yeah. And we are transformed. Yes. And I can do anything in Christ that strengthens me. Yes. Philippians 4.13. And I started... You know, being aware of that, and I, I sat down for a Bible study with a guy that was also in the program, and about four hours later of being in that Word, he asked me if I was ready to do it, and I said yes. Amen. And uh, now I'm an avid Bible reader, and I would have hey, never sir. predicted that 10 years ago either, John. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I would have never predicted I was going to be a pastor. I can promise you that. So that that is remarkable. So what, you know, you you said you'd lost hope. What what, what kind of pushed you into the mission? Why, why did you go? You know, I I had a lot of people supporting me. There's always know? people out there praying for There's, And people, you know, you may not think that it's important. You know somebody out there that's under the bondage of addiction. Keep praying for them. I had people praying for me, and I think that made all the difference, man, because, you know, just keep praying that God keeps putting opportunities in their lives. Okay, go ahead, brother. You know, I had I had family members that were that didn't want to receive that inevitable phone call, but they still loved me. You know, right, they, right. We just picked, you know, Philip just died in his room from drinking, you know. Right. Uh, I was in a relationship with a wonderful lady that had to end because of her emotional health as well. Yeah. But she was still always very, very supportive yeah. of me and always encouraged me. 
But at that point, between the depression and the alcohol, you know what they say, jails, institutions, or death, nobody's affecting you anymore at this point. Drinking like that, it doesn't matter whether somebody loves you or not. You don't believe it. You don't know. You're in depression. You're just you're just drinking yourself your to death. Yeah. And, you know, I was just, I was living to drink every day and drinking to live every day. Wow. And that's, that's to the point where it just wasn't worth it anymore. I would... I used to lay there defiantly and say, if there is a God, don't let me wake up tomorrow and have to do this all over again. So how did you find out about the mission? I actually found out about the mission through a couple of guys that uh, I worked with in um, in an AA program out in the Humble Atascacita area. Yeah, and uh, that's strong out there, the Humble yeah, House. Yeah, it's very yeah. strong. The Humble yeah. House is a very strong place out Great there. Great place, yeah. And, you know, they... Uh, they had some knew some guys that had gone through the program and that had some success, and they encouraged me to take a look at it. And you know, I did some research, and uh, I said, "Hey, you know, a couple things I've never tried. Number one, I've never tried this God thing. Might as well give that a shot. Number, God. number two, I've never stayed and committed to this length of time. Right. And by the time it was over with, and I went through that graduation, I said, you know, this is the only time in my life." that I've dedicated this much time to me and my relationship with God. Praise the Lord. And right there, knowing that that time that I had has made me a different human being. I'm still Philip, but my priorities are completely different than they used to be. Isn't that wonderful? Your priorities, what's important changes. Right. Bob, is there something that, you know, for me, the best things that I thought ever happened to me were, were actually probably the worst because I had too much money or I had thought I had too too much. We talked about earlier, I thought it was too much me. I had too much success. And it turned out that the worst things that ever happened to me, like my wife being separated from me, turned out to be the best because that's what led me to recovery. Is there something we got? We only have a minute. Is there something that happened in your life that really sent you down the road to recovery? Uh, just. My my life was not where I wanted to be, and uh, it was just everything was going wrong, and, and I just wanted to get God back in with me. And, uh, you know, like I said, fan the flame, the gift that God has in you, and that was what I wanted. Yeah, because you had a seed that had been planted in your life that mm-hmm. God was the answer, and that came through. I had a seed my great-grandmother told me about Jesus, but that's another story. Guys, it's been great having you here today. Thank you so much for joining us. We've partnered on the Recovery Radio with the Open Door Mission. We're going to bring you other places that help people out of prison, other other rehab, faith-based rehab places, other recovery resources from time to time. But but we're going to keep pushing the Open Door Mission because we believe in what they're doing. Uh, you can join us. Um, you know, our, the name of our church is New Covenant Church Greater Heights. If I had a... a byline it would be recovery church because everybody's recovering from something i don't care what it is it may not be addiction to alcohol or drugs but you're recovering from something join us on facebook at at 6 p.m tomorrow a new covenant church greater heights facebook page join us at covenant recovery ministries on friday nights uh seven o'clock at 901 wilson road and join us on Recovery Radio Houston. We're here every day, every Saturday. Wish we were here every day, every Saturday at at four o'clock. And uh, and we're going to keep bringing you the Word of God. So remember, out there, we love you at Recovery Radio Houston. But more importantly, God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. Amen, guys. Amen. Amen. Thank you, John. <laughs>